four fingers. Has a diamond the size of a fist. 86 carats. You know something that I've done? Jeez, it's flawless. Where? London. London. You know, fish, chips, couple tea, Mary Poppins, London. What do I know about diamonds? I'm a boxing promoter. I've got a bare knuckle fight, so I want to use the pie kit. Especially if I Concentrate. Ah. Uh, what? You're going to have to repeat that. Especially if I Concentrate. You what? What is a gun doing in your trousers? Protection. Protection from what? The Germans. <laughs> I've got the case and give me the stone. The only man who knew the combination. You just shot. I'm getting heartburn. Tony, do something terrible. Where is the stone? Heavy. Shut up and sit down, you big balls. So what should I play? You can call me Susan if it makes you happy. I don't care if it's Muhammad, Imad, Bruce Lee. You're going down in the fourth round. Whoops. Anything to declare? Yeah. Don't go to England. Uh, the frame furniture and the uh, scarf cushions went to uh, match and check my clothes. Did you understand a single word of what he just said? Everyone, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Download Podcast Show. I am Darren Jenkins. And I'm Chris Saunders. And on today's show, we are joined by Avril Perry, who is a writer, ghostwriter, editor, travel junkie. And looking at your bio, like I said, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I especially like the part where you put, she does not have the self-esteem to be on Instagram. I do not, no. No, it's not like a, it's not like I have low self-esteem. I just like, I think the... I don't have the psychology to keep putting myself out there and then wait for appraisal. And so I just don't participate. <laughs> I would love to be that person. I feel I that. Know, right? I feel that. That's why I probably haven't updated my Instagram in quite a while, but that's another story. Um, but we are There's here. Me either, quite frankly. What? Excuse me? me either, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. Um, we are here today to talk the 2000 film Snatch. Um, the, the synopsis for this uh, unscrupulous boxing promoters, violent bookmakers, Russian gangster, incompetent amateur robbers, and a supposedly Jewish jeweler fight to crack a priceless stolen diamond. Um, this was released in 2000. Um, actually, it says 2000, but then it also says 2001. I don't know. Um, director's Guy Ritchie, screenplay by Guy Ritchie, and produced by Matthew Vaughn with a budget of $10 million against the box office of 83.6. That, that's a pretty cheap movie considering how many people are in this film. Dude, they're, they're, yeah. But they're also talking about how they didn't have money for like extras in certain scenes. So they just right. move people around and stuff. So yeah, I'm surprised. I mean. I think a lot of that money, their budget went to like 
the music. Yeah, I think yeah, so. the music is <laughs> an absurd amount went to music, like a million dollars to use Madonna's Lucky Star. Oh goodness. Which, you know, what a waste of money. But um how did so how did you guys watch this movie? Because I was look, I looked it up on like a few different streaming platforms and the only one I could find was Amazon. You had to rent it. Oh I I watched it on Showtime. I watched yeah, I rented it. Who has Showtime? So Wait, what'd you get? Would you watch it on, Darren? I rented it on Amazon. Uh, well, this is why people always give me shit. Here's my DVD of Snatch that I still have in my 400 DVD collection. This is the, specifically why we do this, people. They said that there's like eight blockbusters still around. Chris is the ninth. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Wow. Five dollars for a two-hour rental. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not that's a. I mean, so you, I take you both have seen this film before, right? A oh yeah, times. this is one of my favorites. Oh, okay. This is so I've, I've said this before, and like, and Darren, you talk about this a lot when you uh, what's it? Watch? What's the the term you use? What's like what? The, oh, day waster or something? Oh, oh, day killer. Yeah, day killer. Right. So like, you're about to leave the house to like be productive, and then this shit comes on TV, and like, boom. So this is this is one of mine. Um, yeah. I can watch this anytime. I wouldn't even say it's, it's not like the best movie ever. It's just entertaining and I can just get sucked in every time. I totally agree. I, this is the first time I've seen it. So. You've never seen Snatch? Uh, you know, the, you know I, I was trying to figure out why. And I figured in 2000, I was really in the indie scene. I was just more in... This, is, more, indie. this is only 10 million. It's not an indie movie. <laughs> but so I think I just didn't, it didn't get to my, I didn't get to it. I just didn't, it was on my list. It was actually on my watch list. I but just you watched, you've watched other Guy Ritchie films, I assume though? I watched Lost Memento. Um, Memento is like not even a regular Guy Ritchie film. <laughs> yeah. Guy Wait, Memento is a Guy Ritchie film? Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. I didn't know he did that. Are you yeah. sure? That's yeah. Wild. You're, you're clearly, a, did you like Sherlock Holmes? No, yeah. I didn't watch that. I've seen I've seen Lockstock, but I haven't seen his others. Uh, there's yeah. another one. Um, Rock and Roller. Uh, Rock and Roller. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Gerald, Gerald, Gerard Butler, a few other folks. Um, yeah, Those I mean, interesting man. I mean, they're never boring. They're never like just like I'm just going to watch something easy. It's always it's very frenetic. He reminds me. Like he's, I put him in Tarantino in this box of people who, like their films are just so different and innovative from all types of like the music, the the camera angles, the cinematography, the actors he's been used. I mean, the, yeah, just the storytelling, the storytelling yeah. and then like the editing. The editing is key for this movie. Most of yeah, the movies. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually the first like. This was my uh, gateway drug to other gangster films. I'd never, I'd seen Pulp Fiction before, but I think we were still in high school, so I didn't really get it. And then we started college in 2000, so I must have seen this in my freshman year, and I was just like blown away. It felt like someone punched me in the face in a good way. And then mm -hmm. I went back and watched Lockstock and Goodfellas and Casino and... <laughs> I just, I'm so glad that I saw this movie because I would never, ever, ever have gotten into this genre. Mm -hmm. mm. Late bloomer, late bloomer. I'm going to correct something. I was thinking of Guy Pierce. 
from Memento. Guy Pierce no. is in yeah. Memento. Yes. Right, okay. right, right, right. Christopher Nolan did Memento. Uh, okay. Memento. So. Yes. What's the first movie I saw this guy in? I think he was in uh, Rules of Engagement, Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson. Mm. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Good it's like an army, a military uh, law lawyer. What's the one I'm thinking? Courtroom drama. And he plays like the oh. pros- pro- prosecutor for the military. And then like the time machine. <laughs> the time machine, yeah. <laughs> and then I, I don't know if you've seen um, Count of Monte Cristo, which is actually... One of, I I really fucking like that film. But he, he plays I don't the, remember much about he it. He plays the villain in that one. Oh, but, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of him. Mm. Um. So so I watched. Uh, so I just looked up the uh what we the ratings we had here. So IMDb got gave it eight eight point three out of ten, which is mm. pretty high. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave it seventy three percent. Audience ninety three percent. I'm not surprised. I, I I believe that. I think this is more of like this is kind of like gets into that cult area. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, like I said. I mean, I don't think it's the best movie ever, but I can definitely watch it. There's something so satisfying about it, though. Like I know if I had seen Lockstock first, I would be on that ship. Everyone loves it and thinks it's better, and I'm sure it is. But like, I never even remember what it's about because Snatch is like etched in my brain and was right. so interesting. I don't remember which one I saw first. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I can't remember. But I, I mean, I think I saw both of them around the same time. So I don't, I don't know if I have an affinity for one over the other. I can. People, I mean, I guess I guess it's this one, but I like Lockstock too. Yeah, mm. people think it's better written and this was kind of just like all flash, but I, I love it anyway. I don't know. I think with writing this is actually not bad. I like Right? Yeah, I, I don't understand why you would say that. I think it's pretty, it's pretty spot on. I mean, it's pretty. The I mean, there's so there's so much to kind of talk about on this show, this film. It's just I sat there. I was kind of just like, um, I, I had seen it, but I had heard about a bunch of different because there Snatch is one of those films that people quote all the fucking time. Yeah. So. Uh, there's a lot about it, um, especially the the Brad Pitt um, um, uh, character who people like will quote or try to or, and I never could understand what people were kept talking about the gibberish part. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm sitting here like, what is going on right now, dude? Like, this is such a, an interesting role for him. It's my favorite of his. Well, I actually I actually read that. Um, he he reached out to he wanted to work with Guy Ritchie, and he reached out to him for to to be in a, I guess this film. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Guy Ritchie gave him this role because he couldn't do the London accent. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave him this one where he's like barely saying anything uh, intelligible. But um, yeah, I, I love I love his performance here. So good. Um, we can get more into it later, but um, I mean, just the the whole cast here. Um, because yeah. you know, over by Jason Statham before he became an action star. Yeah. Benicio del Toro, Dennis Farina, Vinny Jones, who's a former soccer player, and he was like known to be like very physical. So this is like a very perfect role for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Rada Serbazila Gia. Um, of course, Blade. Yeah. Um, Alan Ford, like Lenny James. Lenny James is is, is um, what's that? Walking Dead. Walking Dead. He's in. You know, this is. That's you know, where I know him from. I couldn't. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But like they reuse, like you know, Jason Statham's in Lockstock, Alan yeah. Ford's in Lockstock. I think there's a couple other actors in there too. So, 
uh, one of the Frankies. Yeah. Like Brad Pitt's right hand man is in is in Lockstock too. His name is Jason Fleming. Yeah, he's great. Um, shout out to the composer John Murphy, by the way, because uh, I think a lot of the, the mood setting in this film is perfect yeah. between both both the the, the the soundtrack and the the score. Yeah. It's weird because it was like what what do you call this movie? Like, is this an action film? Is this a drama? Is it a comedy? Uh, I would actually argue you could put a little sci fi in there <laughs> in a little bit, especially that scene where Brad Pitt gets knocked out or. You know, I love. I absolutely love that scene. That is my. So Are we jumping to the end I of the movie? What's wrong with you? I'm just saying, there's a. You could classify this movie as a lot of different things. It's just so many things. So what I like about the opening scene. What's we start there. Oh, the opening, the opening, the opening. I mean, you don't have to go perfect chronologically. But let's at least start there. <laughs> um, the opening monologue with um Turkish. Oh yeah. My name is Turkish. My parents are a weird name for an Englishman. Blah blah blah. But like that whole opening thing where he's introducing himself and Tommy and like, the, you know, and, and it's the. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Well, now if you're listening to this, spoiler alert. Um, I mean, you've already seen it. But uh, why our whole show's a spoiler alert? Yeah, exactly. We need to rename this shit from the down there to spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but like just introducing the whole scene and then like this diamond, like where the fuck does it come from? And then we jump to the, the next scene, which is amazing. Um, with Benicio del Toro as Frankie Four Fingers, yes. it's, it's just like the storytelling is great. It gets you in there um, with like a narration and then like an action scene. Like, okay, now I'm interested in all that shit. So it, it goes pretty smoothly. Yeah, is, am I the only one who like that first scene made me like kind of like I was always waiting for something bad to happen to Tommy and to Turkish like throughout the movie it was almost like it's just they were like one minute away from you know yeah pretty much doom yeah I mean they go over that later in the film when they're playing cards with by the way like no I'm jumping but yeah we'll talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about it later it just a gorgeous George thing just remember to remember yeah, yeah, yeah. remind me to mention him later um, but yeah, yeah, yeah I think just set the set the stage very well. Like it was like the, you know, the, that little, little knot in the rope that they were like, all right, here we go, you know. Yeah, um, I, I love like I mean, I th- you know, Benicio del Toro obviously is a well-known actor, but like you know, the first time I was exposed to him was uh, Usual Suspects, totally, where yeah. he where he puts on that weird ass. It's not even an accent, whatever speech impediment he's got. Yeah, um, and so you see that when you see this one, and like you, you appreciate his his ability to dive into the character. Yeah. He's so good in this. Mm. Is he Israeli? I don't know. Something. Who, or at least he, just he's, he's phenomenal in this. I love that he's like got this gambling addiction that everyone knows about that will just be his downfall. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, just the, I mean, and that this also this scene just goes to like the dialogue um, of Guy Ritchie. Right. He's just they're just walking through security at this diamond place, and like they're great. about to hold it up, but they're just talking about like scripture. And <laughs> it's so scripture detailed in it. Oh yes. Yeah. You talk about the Virgin Mary, and I'm yeah. like, like Virgin Mary. We have to remember that for later too. There's a dope, a dope quote from that. <laughs> and you, I mean, you see these dudes. And you know that there's something wrong with them because the way they walk, they walk heavy. And it just, you're like, 
hmm, something's about to happen here. <laughs> but you buy yeah. into it as they, you know, you let them go because you like, they really worked hard on those characters. I mean, well, that's the thing. Like the the um, metal detector goes off, and he's like, "What? What do you want me to drop my pants?" Like, <laughs> I love that whole scene because it's all on CCTV. It's just like yeah. following yeah. them, and it it should cut off, but then it's captured on the next screen, and you just like follow this whole ridiculous conversation that they're having before they rob the jeweler. It's so great. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and, that, and that adds like some dimensions to like you know because you know they could have just done a straight up filming of you know film this normally throughout and they they go back to that later as well with the the bookies heist as well but right um, yeah it just adds another dimension and makes it a little more interesting instead of this kind of flat style um, mm. but uh, and and just the characters there's so many characters in this film so many characters like I mean Turkish is like the narrator like he's kind of like most normal person in this but he keeps everything steady but like we've mentioned Frankie Fourfingers like Boris the Blade um Bricktop Cousin Avi Mickey Bullet Tooth Tony like it's ridiculous I, I put an honorable mention for Gorgeous George because <laughs> he because he's got the Yorkshire accent he's from York he's from where my family lives in England so that's my that's my boy Mm. Yeah. Have you guys seen Alan Ford in other things? Because I never. This is the only thing I've ever seen him in, apart from Lockstock, I guess. I and he's no, so amazing. Right. He's like the uh, best yeah. villain. In, in my mind, like I feel like he's um, he's probably like a stage actor. He's, he was like a, a great stage actor, probably. Right. <laughs> he's such a, a good movies. villain. Yeah, he. But, was, but in Lockstock, he's not a villain. Right? He's like the, the voice of reason for the main character in that one. So. Oh, by the way, Lockstock Sting plays the main character's father. <laughs> He's mentioned that for a second. Oh, mm. do you remember that? No. Sting plays the guy. Yes, that's father. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Oh, well, as you talk about Lockstock and, and two smoking guns, barrels. Well, two, yeah, two barrels, smoking barrels. Um, Alan Ford's in that movie. He's the narrator, but I don't remember who he is in it. Yeah. He's the father's like friend and his confidant. Okay, something. okay. Like he he gets like main the the main character out of jail and shit like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. his movies. I there there's a lot of movies. I'm sorry, no one's no one's ever seen this. Or no one in the U.S. Maybe he's huge in the U.K. and we're just like. I I, I I'm I I would swear. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. Maybe he was an American werewolf in London. I've um, heard of that. I've never seen. He was that. In, yeah, um, that was eighty-one. He was in Exorcist: The Beginning. Then he was in Strippers versus Werewolves. <laughs> that's a that's a classic. What is, that's so funny. I don't know that one. Uh, is that a real film? That's a film. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, that's a movie. It's not a film. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. He was he was he was still very like. Well, how well? Uh, what year was that? Was that like the beginning of his career? You can't judge him for that shit. That was no. That was 2012. Okay, judge me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so it's the end of his career. There you go. Yeah, I guess so. We'll, I'm trying, we'll to, I'm trying to justify the strippers. I'm sorry. Uh, hey, we haven't seen it. Might be good. I don't know. Um, but like every scene, I think. I don't recall every scene has some kind of music yep. that like intros the scene. Yeah. Uh, well, except, except for the first one, probably the first and last don't. Right. 
but like when we go into the, the that initial heist, like I think it's called Kosha Nostra theme, um, but that's that's a part of the score from John Murphy. Right. And then right after, right after that, we go into Super Moves by Overseer. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh no no no! Oh, that that's 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 when they like it's really cool because they have that um, the Kosha Nostra song, which is very very Jewish sounding, mm-hmm. and then as soon as they pull out their guns it goes into it's that like a high, high, yeah, high octane <laughs> song and then that um and then it goes after the, the heist it, we're transitioning through all the characters and with like the diamond going from hand to hand and stuff and they're playing diamond uh, yep. you know by clint um and it's just like bam 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 every time i i, I like the uh viva las vegas okay. every time we look at a Frankie's gambling problem. With like his tragic montage of just like joy and then disaster. <laughs> yeah. um, I love this soundtrack because I think I actually owned it. I'm a little, maybe I was like Chris, where I just collected nonsense that would be obsolete at some point. Ooh, which, um, is, which is friendly, another friend of yours, Chris? Chris who's currently on the screen. <laughs> oh. um, but it felt like, you know, in commercials or even in TV series, but definitely in movies, sometimes they'll like throw in a song because the song makes the music guy look cool or because it's cool. But this is the first movie that to me felt like the music was part of the movie. Like it it actually fit and explained the character more or like set up what was about to happen, but it didn't seem separate. I don't know how to explain it, but it just like mm-hmm. flowed very well, even though the music is all over the place. It's like 50 decades, uh, yeah. five decades of music. Yeah. Yeah, it's all over the place, and like a lot of the time, you know, it's it doesn't like if you listen to read the lyrics of these songs, it doesn't have any correlation. Like right. uh, one of my favorite songs is "Golden Brown" by the Stranglers, um, but that starts playing, and "Golden Brown" I think is about what cocaine or some shit. I thought it's um, about alcohol. I don't, I don't know, but like essentially that scene is like Mickey knocks out jo- gorgeous George. So yeah. that either way, if it's about alcohol and or drugs, it's not relevant. But the sound, the feel of the music is really yeah. like really enhances the scene. So mm. it works. Yeah, there was. I mean, th- the music, you know, it definitely met the um, what you you know want to do with a soundtrack, which is make it you know make it part of the film that make it make it don't make it separate out of the background you know what i mean it needs to inhale or, over, or overwhelm the film right right so but then when you go back and listen to it you can truly just enjoy it as a soundtrack and just be like this is really like it, it's dope except yes. for star by madonna except okay. for please <laughs> It's not her best song, but he must have wanted it for a reason, and he used it twice in the film, and he was happy with Lucky Star. Well, it's because it's tongue-in-cheek, and it's just funny. It's just like, let me just put this in here, because, like, no one would expect it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Chris, you know there's a comment on the screen there. Yeah, I saw that. It's <laughs> quite strange, Travis. I... It, Raises many questions, but I'll yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but it's there. So anyway, yeah, we don't have to go into any more detail. Um, <laughs> what's the other um, Ghost Town? The specials? Was that super? They had a couple songs that just play for two seconds, like Viva Las Vegas, and like uh-huh. this one, Ghost Town. Again, just sets sets the vibe. Like the rest so of the good. soundtrack. What was another one? The really short ones. 
Um, like hot pants, I'm coming. I feel like that plays for a very short amount of time. Maybe, but like that one, I, I wrote down just because like <laughs> this interesting title. Um, hmm. hot pants, I'm coming. Um, and like the scene that that particular scene, like Tony is like smashing someone's head in the door. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. <laughs> So it's just like, is is this? But it's because his phone is it? ringing. Yeah. yeah. Bonjour. Bonjour. Um, the terrible know. accent. But like, are they trying to say he's getting off on the violence? No. Hot pants. I'm. No. Are you, no. No. You're sure. You're sure. I'm that's pretty not... sure. I mean, not? maybe, probably, right? It's a violent film. I mean, he seems like he enjoys his work. So. All right. All right. Yes. Yeah. There. That's all I need to hear. Great. Moving on. <laughs> Hmm. hmm. Well, I, I already mentioned like um, Guy, Guy Rich's editing. Um, I, it, it's just like so fast paced a lot of the time. Like we talked about the opening credits already, where they're jumping from uh, character to character and the diamond, pa- the diamond passing hands. Yep. Even the Viva Las Vegas cutaways, which are <laughs> Viva Las Vegas, and then we're back to the film. Yep. Um, Avi when he travels to England and back. Oh, I love quick, those just snippets. Quick, yeah, because yeah, of like taking a shot and like stamping the passport and the plane flying. Um, even that scene later on of uh, the coursing, the the dogs chasing the rabbit, mm-hmm. and then right. side by side with Tyrone getting chased by the the gangsters. So good. Um, and the later and the later scene, the the <laughs> Tommy throwing the milk out of the window, but they do it like backwards. It's almost like memento. I had like, to Tommy watch goes... that so many times to understand what was happening. <laughs> was and like, the funny like... thing is, they set it up because they have him drinking milk like four times in the movie, and I'm like, what is the point? And it's all leading <laughs> to this one moment. So good. Yeah, that was that was a messed up scene, man. <laughs> That was just a mess. Like and the music again, the music. Yeah, and the music. <laughs> that was, you know, seeing um, seeing him walk home to get the gun. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> that's when the, that's when Tommy gets there. He's like, I'm gonna talk to Boris. <laughs> He just like, grabs his and crushes his nuts. And he's like talking to himself, but then he goes inside like crushes his nuts, group comes back out with a gun, like who's your I'm like, this guy. That that was possibly my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. It, the, yeah. There, yeah. I mean, I don't want to jump all the way to that scene yet, but there's one scene that I was just like, I was sitting there just cracking up. I'm like, it was just I was like, God damn, What else? I mean, we don't have to you know, talk about every single scene. Or do we? Do we have to talk about every single scene? No, we don't. There's a lot of good scenes, but... Um, I mean, the whole Pikey, when they first go to the, the camp, when we first meet uh, Mickey, uh, like the kids are trying to get, like, get money off. <laughs> do you know where Mickey is? Like, yeah, sure. You knew. Well, aren't you going to go get him for me? Yeah, as soon as you put that five pound quid in my hand. <laughs> I knew nothing good was going to come out of that scene the minute, like, mm-hmm. he got out the car, and as they swing the camera around, you see the kids on the side of the car literally trying to take the fucking mirror off the side <laughs> of the car, and he's, like, pushing them away. And I'm like, yeah, this is not going to end well for somebody. 
I, I don't want to use the word racist because I don't think that's what it is, but like how, I wonder how, let's see, put racist in quotes, how racist is that portrayal of Pikey's? Like, is that uh, is that accurate yeah. or is that just like? Yeah, I don't know. Cause there are like four or five characters in the film who say, I hate Pikey's. Like they're very clear. Right. Um, I don't know. And is, and is, is that guy Richie projecting uh, his feelings for Pikey's? Oh boy. Guy, you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> well, guys, just you know, come out, come on, uh, talk to us, and uh, yeah. defend yourself. That's all. Prove yourself, man. Prove yourself. Um, I love the Pikeys, though. I love how they like. <laughs> I saw. I watched it again this morning, and there's a scene where they're all negotiating with Tommy and Turkish in like a caravan, but they're like encircling. Mickey and it looks like the Last Supper painting. They're like, you know, <laughs> just feel like crowded around him, mumbling. We all, yeah, all of their like, yeah, the little confabs when they just whisper to each yeah. other. and then, and then laugh. They, they, turn, they turn their heads like really quickly, like, who are you listening right. to? It's so great. But I liked um, I, that was like one of my favorite quotes. It's like when uh when the the, the caravan falls off the truck. Oh. He's like, uh, just give us our money and you can keep the caravan. What the fuck do I want a caravan? I got no wheels. Like, <laughs> me, great delivery man. <laughs> His logic was flawless too. Yeah. So, uh, it, I mean, walk, like walking into that camp, man, was just. It reminded me of the scene in the um the um. The the what's the film that Tarantino did with um about the Ma- Manson murders, um oh something, <sighs> yeah well you know once upon a time in Hollywood yes 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 exactly oh, and, and when again. when Pitt walks into the Manson camp is like this palpable tension, and you know nothing good is going to come out of this kind of this 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 visit it's yeah. a lot like that moment. <laughs> I agree. I remember that scene. He was like, like don't dogs? go in there, but you have to for some reason. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> do, do, do you like dogs? Dags? 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 Yeah. Oh, dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like dags. Yeah. That's, and he ends that's up with there's so much quotable shit in this movie, by the way. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of quotes. This might be one of the ones movies that we've done in that some of the actually, best quotes actually there's a really cool i mean i watched a video on this i assume what the person that produced the video said was fact but like this movie actually inspired a scene in um um avengers not endgame infinity war infinity war huh. when um do you remember the scene where Thanos goes to the collector, which is played by Benicio del Toro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's looking for one of the stones. And he's like, Where's the stone? Oh. Benicio says it in this film at the beginning. I'm like, Where's the stone? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I yeah. would have known that. I haven't seen the Avengers, but I think you could tell me. That. So this has been a great right, episode of the download. Oh my God. <laughs> I have taste, guys. Leave me be. Um, if you did, you would notice that Avengers and the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the greatest undertaking in cinematic history. The greatest history. She's like, no, she no, just, no it's her camera it's, goes black and she leaves us. Well, you know what? You know, yeah, I mean, I think Darren and I can handle it from here. Um, 
this dude. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I will. We, we do have our quote segment, but I think there's so many we can sprinkle it throughout. Um, mm. So if anything comes to mind, people, when we talk about a scene, just throw one out there. Mm. Well, I would, I would buy one of my favorite, not my favorite, but one of my, it's close, is when um, Turkish is talking to Tommy about getting a new caravan and he's like, <laughs> he's like, hey, what's happening with them sausages, Charlie? Mm. Two minutes, Turkish, two minutes. He's like, okay. Hey, what's happening with those sausages? Uh, five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> Two minutes, five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. That guy is cooking sausages the whole movie long. That's just what he's doing. It's so funny. I don't even know his name. Did we catch his name? No. Um, But yeah, like right before that, though, I I do like the caravan. When they're talking about the caravan, it's like, what was wrong with the one you got? Oh, nothing, Tommy. It's tip top. Just don't know about the color. Like, (laughs) I love it. Yeah, like the, the honestly, like, and, and you see like that that cadence of speaking, um, in in um, lock stock too. All the characters kind of talk the same exact way. Yeah. Um, wise asses, and they I don't know I don't even know how to describe it. Very like start and stop sentences. Mm. Um, but it just makes it enter even even more entertaining. Yeah. Did we ever find out like what would like why? why Turkish actually needed a caravan in the first place. Okay, so this is something I never thought about until today, where I was like, if he didn't want to upgrade his stupid office, yeah. none of this would have happened. None of this right? would- <laughs> There's no reason for this at all. He just yeah. wanted to, like, splash out. I mean, the door came off the hinges. But he wanted the caravan before pulling the door off. But he yeah. probably just knew that it was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> all I'm saying, it didn't look great. Caravan didn't look great. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a boxing gym. Where's this? Where does this take place? London. I think it's in London. So is caravans did like? You, wait, you, did, you, did, you not, did you not Thank notice? You. Did you not notice my? You're, I'm, you're, I'm dressed up for this, for this theme. No, other side, other side. Arsenal, my Arsenal football jersey. Oh, I thought that was a... Arsenal is based in London. Some kind of... This is my team, and I wore especially for this podcast. Oh, I thought that was just how you dress. Yeah. Like, generally. Yeah. I mean... Like a child. No one one dresses better. (laughs) Onward. (laughs) Well, with that being said... I found myself a new podcast host. Yes! You're out, Chris. Pull your tongue out my asshole, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that quote? <laughs> I do. Oh, he was a, he was just Yo, filthy. Let's talk about Bricktop. He was filthy, dude. I, just a mean motherfucker. So mean. Like, but believably mean. And I want to know what happened before that made him this way. Because it seems like nothing could possibly phase him. Right. So you're, you're saying, are you are you listening, Guy Richie? You're saying we need a prequel called Bricktop. Yes. Oh, yes. that would be really good. Uh, I mean, but the thing is, like, we need a younger actor. And I don't know. Who could play I don't, know, I don't know who could pull this one off. This guy is perfect. <laughs> All right. There's got to be somebody. Yeah. Mike Myers. Mike Myers. <laughs> no, not with that accent, man. No. Um, you look like a mean Austin Powers. 
exactly. You got the glasses, you got the tea. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but like, so uh, this is a combo here because Bricktop is, we so Avril, we have our what the fuck moments segment of this and I'm jumping ahead a bit, but because Bricktop is in my what the fuck moments. He's, of the he's a what the fuck moment. his character. Himself. Like feeding people to pigs, calmly explaining explaining how to dispose of bodies. I love that scene where he walks into somebody else's business, wipes the pillow, sits down, ignores the dead man, and then explains yeah. how to dispose of a body. Like, so yeah. methodical. <laughs> but also, like, have I got you at a bad time? Like, when he, he pokes his head into the, <laughs> the door. Like, so polite. Classic Brit- British politeness there. Yeah, that scene is amazing. And, like, yeah, everything about this guy is horrible but awesome yeah well, i loved i loved uh vinny because he didn't know who this dude was so the whole time he's kind of like what the fuck is going on <laughs> who's here telling us how to dispose of a dead body just so matter of factly and someone and then, just brought him tea yeah mm-hmm. it's so well, random well they, they bring him tea in the meantime, his crew is setting up the other room yes. That's messed to up. dispose of those bodies, right? Like, I mean, they open that door and it looks like an operating room. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen Dexter, the show Dexter, also on Showtime? No. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do, do you work for Showtime? Do you work for Showtime? I should, right? I should. It's like I work for Disney Plus. Yeah. This is how you set up a room so that there's no evidence. It was mm-hmm. immaculate. Yeah, Immacu- Wow, you seem a little too, too um, complimentary of this. <laughs> Do I have to warn Till about something? Or? No, you're good. Okay, <laughs> just checking. Um, yeah, so I, I I love the character. It's like the best bad guy, yeah. possibly in history, possibly. Right. I thought I was like a little bit too um, into Bricktop, but I think he's my favorite villain. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he. Well, he for one is, has a lot of the, the quotable, quotable stuff in this right. movie. Like, what's what is that one? It's as what uh, as the Virgin Mary said in the in the in the middle of the night, come again, come again. Oh God, I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I loved his explanation of Nemesis. Yes. Yeah. That was that same scene. Do you know what but, Nemesis means? What is it like? Um. A righteous, a righteous of tri- retribution yeah. manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by an horrible cunt, me. <laughs> well, like the delivery again, like a, a horrible cunt, me. And he kind of smiles as he yeah. says, it. Yeah, just me. Uh, and like, who, when's the last time you heard someone call themselves a cunt? Like, right. Like he's very yeah. self aware that, look, I'm an ass. Doesn't matter. I'm still going to the scene. So the scene went in the beginning where he kills the first dude. Mm-hmm. And afterwards he goes, Oh, you are cold. He's like, you're a cold bastard. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't have a need for a cold bastard. And he puts mm-hmm. a bag over his head. And I'm like, damn dude, that's messed up. It's so like, ruthless. Like imagine, imagine putting this guy in like, in like Goodfellas. You yeah, fuck everybody hey, else up, man. I <laughs> like Donnie Brasco. Most like there's, I would put him against any of these heavies from like Goodfellas or Scarface or, you know. Yeah. I mean, actually, in Donnie Brasco, there is a scene where they oh. chop up 
someone's body. Like I, I saw that shit when I was in high school, and that shit scarred me for life. Well, so it's a good thing you didn't see this when you were too young, because otherwise. The interesting thing about this is most of the people die off screen. Like you don't yeah. really see. There's not a lot of gore. No. Yeah, but, like, like that's that scene where where um, Benicio or Frankie gets shot. He pulls a trigger, and you kind of see the reactions of the of the guys, the right. pawn brokers, right? And he and his body just falls, but you don't actually see him like a bullet going to his head. When, like when see... the um, bullet. Um, what's his name? Uh, Boris the Blade. Bullet Tooth Tony shoots Boris the Blade. No, just that's so sad. <laughs> or Bullet Tooth who, who just dies because the dude's shooting like this. Oh my god, that was such a waste of. I mean, he was. I was like, damn. Talk about my favorite characters. My least favorite was probably Avi. Oh god. But I, I do want to put forward this question. Uh oh. Dennis Farina mm-hmm. and Samuel Jackson buddy cop movie. Oh. Think about it. I think every word would be a fucking would be profanity in that movie. Mm. <laughs> Is that what you want from a buddy cop film? Isn't that like a family friendly genre? No, no, no. Yeah, I think this has to be an R. Right? You have a buddy cop that's all. I mean, uh, wait a minute, like 48 hours like with Nick Nolte and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even 48 hours with Nick Nolte and uh, Eddie Murphy, there's some shit in that that's not PG. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that's not PG. I don't know. Dennis Farina... I've, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Someone was talking about Dennis Farina on set, and I think it was on set of Manhunter, and they are talking about how there's... There are stories about how people were scared of him on scene because he was just, he's just, he's not mean. He's just mean. I don't know how to explain that. Like, yeah, that's not a good explanation. Yeah. Well, he's, he's basically the guy you see on screen. Oh, he's like really direct in real life yeah, and has much. no patience. I can yeah. see that. I mean, shit. Um, have, so have you guys seen, uh, I'm, I know I have friends that hate this fucking movie, but like get shorty. Yeah. I don't John remember. Tavolta, I Dennis Farina's in it. Um, who's the? Oh my God! Like the. Uh, there's a bunch of good actors. In it. Oh, um, John Travolta, Dan, 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 Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Um, I, I love this. Oh, uh, Rene Russo. Rene Russo, yeah. I, I I like this movie. Not everyone does, but Dennis Farina's good in that one as well. Oh, he's like, same, 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 same character. Same character. He's he's saying fuck every always, other word. You always know what you're gonna get. From Dennis yeah. Farina when he's on screen, whether <laughs> he's on Law and Order or on <sighs> Miami Vice, he's on Law and Order. That's right. But he couldn't curse in in, in a Law and Order, so no, he got diluted. Dennis Farina, yeah, which is still pretty strong. That's some strong coffee still. Agreed. Um, but going back to my favorite characters, one of my other favorite characters is the woman at the bookie. When the oh, uh, she was. Yes! She's amazing. All bets are wrong. <laughs> and then she takes his gun. She yeah. was just not yeah. phased at all. Oh. She's like, "Do you know who you're robbing right now?" Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's, he's like, uh, he's, "He's like, I'm not buying it." He's like, "Well, I, I don't give a fuck what you're buying. I'm not selling. Like, this is everything." <laughs> well, it's who she works. Well, she's perfect for who she works for. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's fully protected. Yeah. She she knows I got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Although all that being said, like I'm very happy there are black characters in this film, but why did they have to be the more? Oh, they were such. Oh my god, I had notes on that too. I'm like, why are the only black characters yeah. the idiot robbers or the security guards for the boxing fight? Like yeah. as Avi is trying to get in, that's it. Yeah. Well, um, oh, uh, here's some trivia I found. IMDb. Every mistake that Saul, Vincent, and Tyrone make were inspired by various late-night TV shows about real-life crimes gone horribly wrong. I'm not surprised. That sounds about right. That's real shit. Everything that they do is some real shit. Like, they're always using each other's names, and they take their masks off when they're trapped in the bookies on CCTV. On CCTV. Bringing it back to CCTV. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then the replica, whole replicas. Thing, I just that was just who, who in their right mind decides I'm going to go in one of the most dangerous locations <laughs> with replica guns. I mean, there's nothing smart about that at all. I don't understand why they did it. Well, a- Avril and I do have a classmate who got arrested for. Uh, robbing people with toy guns and I don't remember it's Brooklyn or Queens. Who is this person? Uh, you I know what? Wanna, okay, I don't want to say on air. On air I didn't right know now. this. This is news to me. I'm excited about this story. It's news to me too. He was in Rikers for a while and then he got deported. So. <clears throat> right. Okay. We're back on track. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That. So the thing about the robbers is that they think they're badass and then there's like you know bullet to tony who's a badass and then bullet to tony's like you want me to find boris the blade and i'm sure like uh bricktop was at the top of the totem pole until he got got at his own game you know but like everyone has someone they're afraid of and then you've got these poor robbers at the bottom who are like let's save some money and get replica guns and they have no idea what they're walking into <laughs> the whole oh. no it was just like every every step of the way they just made some really bad choices well that, that was that was one scene i liked um and and this is like i i, I always talk about subtlety in like in acting um and this is one of them um but when the we're going back to the scene at the the three guys uh, diamond or jewelry store, and um, Boris comes in when they've already like they took out Frankie and he's like, oh. got the tea cozy over his head, whatever, and like, and then they say they say Boris's name, and he just goes oh, like, I love that <laughs> and then pulls out the gun and like shoots him. First you puts in earplugs and then yeah. shoots him. Right. You fucking idiots! You couldn't know my name, like. Right, and and uh, why did they put the diamond back in the case? Because they're stupid. We've already covered this. I mean, there's just so many things. I'm just like, you guys are idiots. And what again? I, I, I look. There's two things about the only blacks in this movie, right? I'm I'm not happy that there weren't more, but I also understand because I'm going to tell you right now. If I was one of the, uh, if I had happened to be one of the only black guys in the film, I am not going into any of those places that these guys are going to. Because if you looked around that room, you would have been the only one in the room, and <laughs> that ain't going to work too well for you. Oh, there we go. We have, so we have a better um, 
a better character. We talked about Rock and Roller. Uh, Idris Elba's in that. Idris Elba's in Rock and Roller? Really? Yeah. Oh, He's like the best friend, I think, in that. Oh, wow. Of Jared Butler. Gerard oh, Butler. Then a lot happened in two decades. It's good. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, Idris is the man. Yeah. Heimdall. Most, most importantly, oh, by, by the way, however, most importantly, he's in the uh, Marvel Cinematic uni uh, Universe. I'm still not sold. I'm sorry. With, even with Idris? I remain unsold. I'll watch not, The Wire. I'm not trying to say anything. <laughs> i watch The Wire, Chris, okay? So The Wire in the Marvel Universe, then it's all same, good. Same thing. Same thing. You should definitely, you, if you love The Wire, you'll love Okay, moving on. <laughs> so I guess she's not going to come on and talk about the music for uh, the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Dude, no oh way. my God. Did you know what the soundtracks are like for both of those movies? They are amazing. Absolutely amazing. You, you. <laughs> yeah. You don't know, you don't know what you're missing. No, 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 there's no sighing. There's no sighing on the download. I'll edit that out. Don't worry. You can edit out my sigh. It's the truth. How dare you? But he'll leave in my response to it so I sound crazy. No, that's like, wow. Oh, well, we're, I'm going back to the music now. Um, yes. Well, that was one thing. So, Ghost Town, that's what I remember now, um, is this kind of is reggae ish. And, it, and it's for the those three guys, Vinny, uh, Saul. At least those two guys. And so they play this reggae for those three guys. And then the next fucking song they play with those three guys is Dreadlock Holiday. Dreadlock Holiday, I remember, I remember that, yeah. Which yeah. is also reggae. I'm just like, why do, why do black guys got the reggae? <laughs> okay, to be fair, Ghost Town is like, we'll put it in the ska category. I was listening to your episode on Clueless, and I know you know about ska. So put one in the ska category. In there. Well, they're, they're both Jamaican... I know, Chris. Making rooted sounds, so my argument still remains the same. Fine, fair. Um, but you dread like holiday, like I listen to now. In fact, it was like on a, a, a one of those dance hall or reggae mixed CDs that mm. I had back in high school as well. So that's uh, you know, get a check mark from me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ten CC is actually a pretty good group, so. I didn't realize that song was from the, like the seventies. Some of the songs on the soundtrack, I'm like, what, what era is this from? And it's really surprising. Yeah, I mean, there, but there's some jazz stuff in here, and there's yeah. some like some definitely sixties, seventies funk. So yeah, this oh, one yeah. called Disco Science. I don't know if that's. I love that song. Call them back it's when the disco dogs are running. Yeah. Disco. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a great. That was. A I, I also feel like. Um, there's something called like I don't know how to pronounce it because it, it had two um, of those German dots over the O, but like I think it's supposed to say flute, or translate to flute. It's like flute, um, by end to end. But it seemed like it was um, it they played it when it was Tommy and a lot when it was Tommy and Turkish walking together. Oh yeah, I know that little like interlude theme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like a pan I, flute almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like a pan flute. Uh, so yeah, I mean I like that even though it's just like very brief and like spotted around the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. uh, they have a couple of James Brown tracks, like cross the tracks. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the, the, 
bookie heist scene, right? When they're, yeah, they're crossing, they get out of the car and they're walking into the bookies, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> that was some funky James Brown shit. Um, yeah, so, I, and there's just so many fucking songs. And I don't even think, like, the, um, the website we use usually is, like, whatsong.com. Yep. And they usually list, like, every song. Now, not just things on the soundtrack, but every song that plays throughout the mm-hmm. film and the description of, like, what scene it was and everything. And I don't even think they had everything in there. Yeah, I don't think so. So we are more thorough than what song. Sorry, guys. We should start our own website. You should. We don't have a website for the download, Darren? What, what, what have you been doing all this time? You for sure have a website. For the music, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like flipping through my quotes too because there's so many. Like, who took the jam out of your donut? <laughs> like, I love that one. <laughs> you did, Tommy. <laughs> you took the jam out of my donut. <laughs> the accents make it so much better. Like, yeah. if an American said that shit, it just wouldn't have the same pop. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know exactly what it means in context. I thought you said he was the getaway driver. What the fuck can he get away from? <laughs> <laughs> and that yep. was, it was funny because you see him get, try to get out the car. Yeah, his own car. And it's, I was like, really? <laughs> well, that was the other thing, right? Like, don't get, don't make sure that dog doesn't get drool on my seats. <laughs> it's a stolen car. <laughs> While I'm driving it, it's my car. Oh my god, this guy. Yeah, he was funny. Um, well, I mean, we haven't got to the end yet, but like, what, what's your like favorite scene overall of this of this movie? My favorite scene? Oh my god. You weren't prepared for that question. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I love this movie. Um, I think it's when like the the it's two scenes connected by the same song, Angel by Massive Attack. It's when like um, they show uh, Mickey watching his mom's caravan mm-hmm. burn down, you know, Ooh. and then just like that was fall apart as a person. And then when the Pikes get their revenge after mm-hmm. the, you know, and uh, like, I love that. I love that whole, or like when he's coming out when he's been knocked out almost and then he like falls back mortal combat style through the air <laughs> and is underwater watching himself from above or from below and then just like <laughs> again so the good. editing the editing in that whole fight scene yeah. is dope. um yeah yeah you know what you, you know it's, that's not fair because you, you did two two for the price of one but um i mean you didn't specify, and they were amazing. So. I mean, any decent person would have known. Um, so. <laughs> Should I take your favorite scene, Chris? No, like no, the, 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 scenes. Just like the, 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 that scene with, where Mickey's mom is being burned alive in her caravan. It's so his, heartbreaking. His, his performance just there is yeah. just amazing. Like, the look yeah. on his face, and he's trying to go in, and they stop him, and he, like, yeah. he stops for a second and then tries again. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, even as hopeless as it is, you probably would... Like, Keep trying to go Just back. In case, yeah. That was my um, favorite scene. Oh, three for three. We are all unified yeah. on this. That because makes, it, that makes knew, it better. You knew that the reckoning was coming. Yeah. That, that's why I love that scene because I knew that, like, it was so hilarious that that Turkish thought. Uh, he just let it go. His mom's dead. Nah, yeah, he's like he says. I should have known he wasn't was going like, to lay down. He, he took it too soft, too lightly. Did you see those dudes sitting together in that fucking 
caravan? Nah, dude. They, nah. Mm-mm. They, they look like scary. I, I was like saying through the movie, I'm like, if Bricktop goes to war with these dudes, man, that's a movie. That's a that's yes. That's a that's a movie. Well, maybe, maybe that's the prequel, and they actually have history, which is why Bricktop burned the mom alive. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that was a dumb move for him. I just I'll, I'll write that one. You don't worry about that. I'll take care. <laughs> yeah, it was a dumb move because he he lives in a world where other people are afraid of him because they have rules and right. the Pikes have like oh. no documents. Like they don't care <laughs> at all. And they can just pick up and disappear they as yeah. they did. <laughs> yeah. Bury 12 bodies and then move camp. Yep. Uh, I also have to, I also do want to have a discussion about um, Vinnie Jones's character, Bullet Tooth Tony. Um, I, I, I like this character. I think he's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> There's a bunch of different things, but his whole like um, two balls and whatever yeah. monologue. Oh yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty fun and like <laughs> he controlled the room or like the, the his those people the three guys without even having to be violent, right? Which kind of shows some like mercy and like kindness on his end because he could just pulled out his gun and started blasting away, but he's just like. I should participate you to to shrink away, along with your presence. Like you know, he's very yeah. calm. Uh, it's he, really cool. He even knew something was wrong, and he did not turn around abruptly. Right, the right. bartender <laughs> disappeared. There's only half a beer poured, and, and he's and, like, and, "I'm just gonna and, calmly and, take my seat." <laughs> and he looks. He looks at the reflection in the in the, in in the, the glass. glass. Yeah. he sees them behind as well. Yeah, he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, comes across as like this in the beginning of the movie as this like just brutal beast of of a man, right? Because he's bashing this guy's head, and when in reality he's he's calculating, he's he's cerebral, and he's also and he's net he he's necessary. He does what's necessary, not what's not necessary. Because when they tried, when Dennis Farina's character asked him to cut open the dog, he was like. <laughs> Dude, like, I love that. That's that's, that's 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 strong, Navi. Like that's my favorite. Like he's like yeah. killing everybody, but no, not the dog. He's like, what does he say? Um, I forgot the um because of this confusion at the beginning, right? He's like, yeah, okay, go ahead, Tony. Open him up. Open him up. What, 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 do, you, what do you mean, what? open him up? Like, open who up? Yeah. What? Oh, that's a bit strong, Navi. And it like yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I found this other thing, this other trivia. When Vinny and Saul are sitting outside Bricktop's bookies, they're sitting in the car with the gun, the, the replica guns about to give him the diamond. The man that approaches the car is not really Bullet Tooth Tony. It was a lookalike. Vinny Jones didn't show up for shooting that day because he was in a in jail for fighting the night before. That doesn't surprise me. That seems very on brand. Yes. Yes. So this is this is him. He's not acting. Mm. They're just giving him lines, but he's just like, yeah, this sounds like me. Let's go. I think that's cool, though. Like, he seems like he's probably the same guy on screen and off screen and when he was a, a footballer. You know what I mean? Like, he mm-hmm. just consistently yep. whoever that person is. Yep. And um, I've always, I kind of, whenever he's on screen, I kind of enjoy his, I, I, I just like that kind of a character. He was in a Gone in 60 Seconds. And, was uh, 
and and just comes on his first thing is him torching a car <laughs> and you're like all right yeah so this is this is this is my boy he's about to go light stuff up yeah you know have you ever seen a movie called uh, green machine oh yeah so there's a it's kind of like uh, the the the, uh, the whole nine yards not the whole nine yards um, um is, is that it not north dallas 40 no 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 I'm, I'm thinking of um originally it was like burt reynolds was in this and then they did a remake with um adam sandler yeah not the whole nine yards but something along those lines where it's like this guy the football player for in adam sandler's case yeah. goes to jail and then he starts a football team at the prison green machine is essentially that but with soccer and Vinnie Jones is the, the head guy in that. Okay. And it's uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I haven't watched it in a while, but I think it's time I check it back out. But I recommend it. Yeah, that, I, I know which one of you. The, the one where they're in prison and they start a prison football team and mm-hmm. they're, they're made to compete against the guards. Yeah. Yep. Good movie. It's a comedy? Uh yeah, I mean it's it's Sandler one is like are they fighting to the death? Is it one of those? Well, the one no. the it gets it gets physical. Let's just say that it's and, much and more and guards, physical. And of course, the guards have the advantage because like the refs are probably fucking guards as well. So, or if you're you know if you're a fucking criminal, like no one wants to call any whistles for you, blow any Correct. whistles for you. So, um yeah. So anyway, he, he's oh the longest yard. I mean, he, longest the yard. Longest yard. I've heard of that. Okay. So essentially, like he's a footballer that goes to prison. So again, on brand. So you can probably watch that and get the same experience. Yep. Um, and also Boris the Blade is in my what the fuck moments as well. You know what I love when he after he shoots. Who does he shoot? Frankie Fourfingers. And then he um like very delicately lifts his leg and sets it down and then just like whips out the hatchet from his own holster mm-hmm. and hacks off the man's arm it's so amazing like respect but also i need to do my job yeah yeah i mean so he i remember seeing him in um a film it was probably one of my eastern european classes in college and we watched a film based on like macedonia and he's like the main character in that mm. so I, I liked him in that and I, I love him in this and like he's also the bad guy in uh the saints with val kilmer yeah he's like he's dope in that as well so i, I you, you know what really depresses me though he was actually in batman begins what he is in Batman Begins as a homeless oh, dude right. that Bruce Wayne gives his jacket to, and right. that, and I think he shows up in another movie, but like yeah, very yeah. small parts. And this guy is like, I think he's a very popular actor in Eastern Europe and like Europe in general. And like you see him in like this small ass role, and like, I'm like, that's insulting. He's played a lot of bad guys, and um, he's played a lot of scientists. He's been scientists on he looks like a crazy scientist, yeah, yeah, so. He's good at he's a good actor. You don't yeah. see him stretch his legs a lot, which is sad, you know. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like you know, Avril just described a scene where, like, you, you know, you really appreciate what he's doing there. Um, yeah, that I, I, wonder, that, that was, I like to ask if that if he had if that was a fun role for him because it seemed like that 
must have been really fun to do, especially that, that scene where he's he's walking home and he's mumbling to himself and the whole thing, you know. So even the scene when he escapes from the trunk of the car by accident and he's got yeah. the like um bag over his head and he's kind of walking around like a chicken like he doesn't know what is happening or where to go and then he gets hit by a car so great and also like at, at the end like when um in that same bar scene with the whole two year two balls monologue like <laughs> he gets just shot in the hallway he's like oh, oh my god that and then, was and, oh. and, and then and uh tony is just like shoots him a couple of times he's like oh you almost got me <laughs> he's, just like, he's like talking she's like fuck you and he's like pow, pow, pow. <laughs> so invincible amazing that was so fucking funny or was the bullet dodger why, why do they call him bullet dodger because he dodges bullets Avi. <laughs> oh shit yeah that but like so funny so he has a bunch of like again like going back to that subtlety in his acting and like even even um benicio del toro and that even when they first the two of them meet and like he buys the gun from boris and then boris starts telling him about the bet like where he's gonna put a bet down and frankie just just goes like hmm like very subtly but you see like he understands what's happening and he uh he's like computing things in his head just by that very subtle like head nod and like yeah. hmm. And it, and it happens again later on when Bricktop uh, shows up at uh, Turkish's place and Turkish is backing up because of the, uh, away from the two henchmen. And then he steps on uh, Bricktop's foot and Bricktop just goes, eh. and he like sneers. <laughs> I, just, I just had those polished. Like it's, these little things I really like, I, I really love in movies, man, that uh, this movie has a lot of. Chris, you asked us to remind you about Gorgeous George, so I'm going to remind you now so that you can get this out of your system. Oh, no. I don't remember. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Let me see. I'm, I'm going to search my notes. Wait a second. Let's see. Let's see where... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh. Um, now, I already talked about him being from Yorkshire. No. Oh, wait. Uh, uh, golden Brown Chandler is nice. No, I, I can't remember. I, I completely okay. forgot. But thank you for the effort. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that 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 was a thing. Did anyone else get confused? Like when I always thought, not always, but from the beginning of the film, I just thought that Mickey killed Gorgeous George with that one punch. Yeah, because we don't see it for the whole rest of the movie, and then all of a sudden he's playing oh. Gorgeous He shows up in the with the thing. neck, the brace, and shit. Did you not think he was dead? I thought no, because then Tommy would have been dead. Yeah, he was standing there against that wall crying. But why would he be there? Because, because Tommy knew they would kill him so as not to have to explain why there was a dead yeah. boxer on their property. Okay, okay, Avril's smarter than me, whatever. Well, he, I knew he was alive. I didn't know if he was still functioning. Yeah, I figured. Okay, okay, all right. Maybe I I, I I got that later and then I forgot it again. I, I probably figured it out by myself. Um, so... <laughs> Um, any other, do you guys have any what the fuck moments? I've already kind of expended mine. Uh, uh let me see. Hmm. Um. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, th I think everything that involves Bricktop 
was kind of a what the fuck moment um, when he's walking through the uh, pig stand and they're feeding, feeding the pigs and and talking. I was just like, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> well, the scene you mentioned before when he um, uh, they, like they shock the one henchman and he's like, you're uh, you're heartless to get whatever and then like they shot the other one and the two boxers are in the ring like looking at him but he's like yeah what are you looking at what are you looking at <laughs> i so when turkish and i guess this is, is it turkish and tommy are walking through the pig piggery whatever i assume that uh brick top is feeding the two guys he killed and he just did not mention that's what he's throwing into the pig yeah, that's pads, what I was which, right what's doing that <laughs> I mean, that, I wouldn't put it past him. That's no, fucked up. Um, actually, that was another uh, not not what the fuck, but another quote that I liked from him, which was um, after the after Mickey fucks up the first fight, and this. So why one of first of all, I have a question. Why is uh, Bricktop is afraid of some guys because you know the oh, guys too, yeah. and they come up to him and he's like, "Sorry, sorry, stain on me." Like he's afraid of them. It seems. Yeah. Yep. I think they must be very wealthy people, and so they're powerful. Because then there's another guy who tries to come up to him, and he stabs right. him in the leg. <laughs> well, that, that, that was that was the quote I like, which is, "If I throw a dog a bone, I don't want to know if it tastes good. You yeah. stop me whilst I'm walking again, and I'll cut your Jacobs off." Exactly. <laughs> whilst, who says whilst? English that's, people. That's how you know he's scary. That's how you know he's scary. He said whilst, like, threatening somebody. Oh my god. There's a scene, um, another like what the fuck moment. Um, it's the first time we see Bullet Tooth Tony, I think, where he's in like a go-go bar and this guy tries to kill him. And mm. uh then he pulls out a sword. No one explains why this man has a sword on him. <laughs> and then later the guy, Rosebud, I guess, who's like impaled in the back mm. of the car that crashes. Mm-hmm. Why does everyone just have these knives out? He's just pulling I, out. I, I, I think that was Tony's sword in his car, no? I don't know. Well, I mean, he has a, knife. has a car sword. <laughs> oh, I have a, a car sword? <laughs> is that what it is? Everybody yeah, has a car sword. Is this not his sword that he's transporting <laughs> via his car? <laughs> I'm sure it belongs to him, Chris. My question is, like, why he has to get from walking point. through London like this? Well, actually, you're not familiar in London because there's no, no guns are illegal. That knife violence is actually very big there. Oh my God, you're right. Um, I'm right. I'm Chris mm-hmm. Holmes. Okay. So that includes swords, I guess. Probably. The swords are on the table, apparently. Damn. Oh, uh, this I, I don't know. I, you know what? I, there, this song, this this movie definitely has a, like influenced me to this day because like, so you know the scene um, right before the coursing before the chase and like uh mickey's about to like make them a deal like you know if you win i win whatever right. and he's about to say i'll tell you what I'll, t- I'll tell you what i'm gonna do and the dog barks and like jumps up on him. he's like oh fucker fucker like, <laughs> I, say, I, say, I say fucker or like fucker like like that all the time that's true it has influenced me greatly this film <laughs> i'm getting heartburn tony do something terrible <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Cause so many good lines. There's so many good lines. I mean, well, that's that was the other thing is that like so earlier on, like Avi is complaining about is like uh, this this bookie got blagged. He's like, wait, wait, blagged? Fuck, like you guys. <laughs> I thought you spoke English, or you guys created the language, and no one seems to speak it. Later on, 
when uh in that ha- little hallway where everyone gets shot up by Tony, Tony goes like, Avi, pull your socks pull up. Your socks pull up, yeah. How did how did how did Avi know what that meant? Honestly, I didn't even know what that. Yeah. I had no idea what the instruction was. <laughs> but like, like, what? If, if, if you picture just like going down and pulling your socks up, like duck, right? Like you're ducking. I don't know. Like, that wouldn't make any sense to me in this moment. <laughs> exactly. Turning around, what? Getting shot. So yeah. Cool. Mm. What? <laughs> yeah, I'd be dead. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Does that amuse you? Me being dead amuses you. That's good. Um, that's great to Um And then, like, but I also love the. Um, I've always wanted to learn like the the London lingo because they say they only use it once in this. I think that I noticed was like, um, "You telling me porky pies, mullet? <laughs> Do you know what that means?" Oh, like a uh, Cockney rhyming slang, lies. Yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that, but yes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. you brushing your teeth with dog shit, mullet? Like. <laughs> <laughs> terrible um and yeah so that whole rhyme scheme thing i think they do it in um oceans 11 yeah i was gonna say there's uh, a little what, 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 because like um don Cheadle's character is like this cockney british guy right yeah. that's right and he's like uh and bonnie. If if, 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 yeah if we don't figure this out we're gonna be a, in a big a bunch of bonnie and they're like what bonnie um, rubble trouble, trouble. trouble. <laughs> Like they're the idiots. Yeah. So funny. There's this. I don't know why. What the the thing is going on here? But Turkish, like three times in the movie, says the Germans when he's mocking yeah, Tommy. What you say? I don't, I don't know. I think it must be like a a Euro a European rivalry that we'll just never understand. Mm. Like all Brits must still be waiting, armed in case the Germans attack. But I I was. Mm. I always find that so funny. The Germans. Protection from what? The Germans. I'm married to a German, I should mention. Okay. <laughs> this amuses me. Do you, do you have a gun? No, I don't. <laughs> I have a sword. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. The living ring sword, right? Exactly. <laughs> um. All right. So... Uh, I think we just went through a shit ton of quotes and what the fuck moments. So are we ready for our final questions for our guest? Oh boy. Yeah, this really... <laughs> Oh man, I shouldn't even answer one of these questions myself. But um while I think about this, why don't, why don't you go ahead, Darren, and start us okay, off? Okay, so our first question is <laughs> would could Tom Hanks be in this movie? If so, in what role and would he make it better? Um, Tom it can, Hanks. It can be a Tom Hanks from any era. From any era. Tom Hanks could play Tommy, but he would not make it better because I think, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? Steven Graham is amazing in this. Mm-hmm. And he's a badass in other movies. He, he plays like Al Capone. Um, yeah, yeah, but he's like so delicate in this film, and I think that's the only role that Tom Hanks could possibly pull off, and I don't think he would make it better. What you don't think I'll have the minerals? Exactly, <laughs> can you imagine Tom Hanks talking about his testicles? <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Uh, okay, uh, funny. I, I just said no I, after hearing his um 
Eastern European accent in the terminal. I, I just I don't want to hear his London, his British accent. So <laughs> <laughs> that's where I went with that. Uh, I um, yeah, it, I've I'd be hard pressed to try to figure out where he could fit in this movie. Like the yeah, no, I I don't see it happening. What maybe we he, he could be the guy making the sausages. <laughs> he could be the sausage guy. Or maybe Five could be, minutes. Uh, <laughs> Brad Pitt. No, no. I'm um, yeah, I don't see it. I mean, I the last time you seen Tom Hanks that cut? Um, we're still waiting. Mm-hmm. Any still day waiting. now. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Cast, cast away. <laughs> he was starving. Yeah, That's well, different. You gotta lose the weight. I guess you're still lean, right? Yeah. He's lean. Uh, all right, second question. Mm-hmm. Very important question. Could Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven be in the soundtrack and what scene? Uh, what scene? I already know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it would be in the very last scene. <laughs> When um, Tommy and Turkish are leaving the Pikey campground mm. with the dog, and then Saul and Vinny see them mm. see the dog in the car, I could imagine them just like devastated that they came so close and yet so far. I know what yeah. the song is about. I think it would be very funny in that moment. You know what we have? We ask. You know, we ask for all the movies. Don't ask us why. And um, a lot of time, it's just like, it just doesn't fit. But this movie is so tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> this song would fit in perfectly in, yeah. that, in that vibe. Yep. So I think there's a bunch of different places it could probably fit. Not not when Mickey's mom is dying, clearly. No, right? no, no. Um, but any any other person dying, any other place where someone got shot, like, would probably work like Frankie for mm. I think it would be good in that slow motion scene as Brad Pitt is going back after being punched, just having that song play. And that, right could work before, too. that would be so funny. You yeah. Know? Very tongue in cheek there. When he's underwater, because I don't think there's any music suddenly. It goes immediately from like this Oasis fucking in the bushes song to yep. Angel when he comes out of the water. But like, yep. I think he's silent. Yeah, it's a good spot for it. Um, which brings us to our other music questions. Um, so just simply, what is your favorite song on the soundtrack? And if there is one, what song do you think encompasses the, you know, the story, the feel of this movie? Um, Angel by Massive Attack is my favorite song on the soundtrack. I love the song before and I love it more because of the movie because now when I hear it I think of this um, so you so you knew the song before you were super excited when it popped up in this film yeah yeah so now I have like emotional attachments when I hear it because of this movie and it's just such a good song but the song that you what did you say that encompasses the whole movie yeah, yeah the it's that super wild sounding oasis song fucking in the bushes that plays when mickey is in his last fight like before he falls underwater it doesn't sound like any other oasis song it sounds like like a mosh pit it's kind so, of so i know we're some adversaries in this um in this podcast but um you agree I, chose with me? The, 
I chose the exact same song because I just feel like this whole movie is just like, like you you, you picture like bushes just like shaking as people are fucking in the bushes. Yeah. This is what this movie is. It's just all over the place. It's, it's just wildness. <laughs> yeah. So I actually wrote that. In fact, just now as I was like, that was a question I forgot to answer. Um, I wrote that down. And you know what? I love Oasis. I've never heard this song before. I did not know this was Oasis. You didn't, you've never, you didn't know this was an Oasis song. Oh, no. I love this song. I'm Great. like huge Oasis, like throughout all of their albums. I'd love, uh, yeah. So um, as far as favorite song, gotta be Dreadlock Holiday. I knew it. I knew we it. say that the children likes the reggae, but you know, that's what it is. Darren? Um, <laughs> My co-host is, is bringing, asking the guest what what he likes. I think that I have to agree with you with about Angel. And actually, this is the second movie we've done in a row where Massive Attack is on the album. Really? Yeah. What were they in? What song was another one? Last Just, one. Uh, what's the um, the first song in the in the scene where um, uh, Neo is laying down on the? Uh, oh the, yeah 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 yeah. Okay. What's it called? Just, Disturbed Girl or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, okay. All right, you guys wow. did The Matrix recently. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. This, this this week or was it Tuesday? Or last week? Yeah. Last week. That was last week. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Yeah. And, the and, Matrix. Um, yeah. After after hearing The Matrix and then hearing again uh, the massive attack on this soundtrack. And it was, it was uh, yeah, I, I would like, I don't know if it's, I don't know me if there's a song that kind of, I think that you're going to hate this, Chris, but I think yep. to me, the song I'm going to pick that kind of is for the movie is Lucky Star, only because. Oh my gosh, Aaron, you're so great. <laughs> it was so iconic for that moment. Can you please explain? No, I need more of an explanation than that. Because, I mean. Is it the lyrics? Lyrics speak directly to the to the movie. No, but I think what happened, I think how he used it was important to show, um, kind of like the kind of dis disturbed people that are in this movie, and how normal this song is against what was going on in that car. <laughs> Yeah, he's dragging Mullet by the head in a moving car, and he's like, put on the radio. Oh, I love this song. But yeah. it's a song that was playing when he was almost killed in the go-go bar and, yeah. like, came out with a sword. <laughs> yeah, and he had a car. So you're saying that Tony is the focus of this film. Is that what you're I'd telling me? I would say it, 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 starts, it starts to really gel the disturbing... Sure. Yeah, disturb. Well... I would argue. I would argue that there's two songs by Clinton the soundtrack. One called Diamond, and the other one called Are You There. And yeah. Diamond is the, the whole character intro, so it could almost be like the theme song for the for the movie. Yeah. And, actually, and then Are You There is when Mickey during Mickey's mom's wake. So no. that's very that's a catalyst for you know the end of the film. Not bad. Anyway, there's not bad. Yeah, it is your it is your bed. <laughs> nah, it's never my bed. As your last as your last action as a, as my co-host on this show, you can ask the last. That's question. true. That's true. So, um, Avril, whenever you can start the, the show, we can. Um, 
kick it off, Chris. It was great. No, I said your. I said your last show. No. Oh yeah, thank you for being with us, Chris. Yeah, especially. Uh, I'm sure you can just replace the name Chris with Dan, and we'll be fine. We'll Thanks send you that. a more adult sweater for your next guest appearance. I gotta go now. Plenty of adults wear this shirt when they're playing football in London. All right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> It's off. Uh, so, uh, yeah. No. We are, yeah. So, yeah. Last question, please. I got stuff to do. We have one last question to right. ask you. On a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest, the best, um, what do you give this film? Out of all films ever? Like, out of all films? No, I mean you're subjective, clearly. That's so, so hard. I mean, listen, it's one of your favorites, so it's going to be above. A it is, right? and I'm I'm quite picky, and it's been my favorites one one of my favorites for like twenty years. Um, it's so satisfying. Yeah, I would give it an eight, maybe seven and a half, mm. seven or eight. That's one of your favorite movies of all time. Because it's a seven or an eight. I'm very picky. The tens are like, you know, indie. Art house, deep, more uh, boring. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, as I said, it's not not the greatest film. I think satisfying is a good word. Um. Give it eight point five. Eight point five. No, I don't want to quite give it a nine. Oh, I like a, uh, no. I'm going nine. One nine. I like a lot of a lot oh. of the characters and a lot of performances in this, and the the soundtrack's dope. The writing's dope. The filming's dope. The editing. There's a lot of dopeness in this film, so I'm going nine. I'll go eight. Chris never gives anything above a seven, so for a nine, come out of his mouth. Oh, is I that gave, right? Wow, I picked I, a good movie. <laughs> yeah, you got lucky. I'm I'm gonna I actually think I'm gonna give this an eight as well. Um I could see this as a rewatchable film. It's like a this is yeah, this like you said up front, this could be on the list of day killers. Um like because it just there's a lot of things that I think there's so much going on that no matter what where you jump into the film, like if it's in the middle of the film, you're still going to watch it because yeah. there's still a lot of stuff to happen. And um, yeah, I think it's worth an eight. There are also weird little things that I only noticed like the fifth or sixth time. Like when we see Boris, he's drinking, he's making tea in like an I Heart Moscow mug, which does not, you know, like it's just like such a cute, <laughs> tiny detail after taking a swig of vodka. It's so great. <laughs> I, I, don't, I didn't see that. That's great. That's fun. pretty amazing. So anyway. what do you, what do you, uh, what's, what, what are you up to? What's going on with you, Ivra? What, what are you working on? Anything happenings? Anything happenings? Yeah. Um, I, uh, one of my MBA classmates is a producer. He usually do, does documentaries, a couple of them on, um, Netflix, HBO, Showtime, one on ABC, uh, all in the last few years. And um, he and I are partnering to do more creative scripted stuff because I like writing. Um, and so I'm working on a script with him for a film and working on a series as well that we can hopefully pitch this summer, which would be very cool. And unlike any of the more um, like humanitarian or investing or tech stuff I did before. 
Um, so lockdown's been pretty cool, I have to say. Like I got the chance to do something that I would otherwise have just delayed until I was 60. <laughs> Which is coming up. Happy birthday. All right, that's fine. I'm <laughs> eight months younger than you, as you know. Um, yeah, writing, waiting for summer, festivals, some sort of normalcy. And clearly you're going to come to me when you need music for these projects, correct? No. Not after today. <laughs> wow. Yes, I'll come find you. Mm. I, I don't know if I believe that. Now you put me on the spot and it's recorded. I guess <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come find you. I'll put you on a short list. That's the only reason you're on this show. This is correct. <laughs> Uh, Darren, man, what's what's happening with you? Um, besides relaunching the 12 million podcasts, which relaunches on Wednesday. What does that mean, relaunches? Well, we, with my our no, new co-host and a bunch of new shows that we've. Oh, got. and you, so like when you relaunch the download with Avril instead of me. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, here. We're here. Cool, cool, cool. Don't worry, I'll get you a link. You can listen. Um, <laughs> unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Um, other than that, that's really it. Oh, um, and I got a couple of podcasts coming up on uh, the new season of Drop the Mic, which um, I think I can't say who it is yet, but got a couple good people in the bag. So how about yourself, sir? Um, well, I just got my second shot on Friday, so I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. Freedoms. I don't know, lather myself up in oil and just rub myself wow. on people. Oh, it's turned dark back. very quickly. That's a lot dark. of information I didn't need to know. It's dark to you, light to me. Um, no, uh, yeah, no. Uh, what am I doing? <sighs> New show? No, no, no not yet. Uh, I'm actually going to San Fran this coming week so i will not be doing a show probably till after i get back but hopefully i'll do a live stream soon i keep saying that um but we had a really great meeting um so darren and i are working on a music project and uh i, I had a call with our our producers on thursday and uh the, the music is moving forward um we have a call after this with a possible uh, animator for one of the music videos That's and great. by the way Darren, I heard back from our first animator who says she can continue working with us. Oh, really? She finally issues. Question. Yeah, she finally got back to us. It was some issues. She actually gone through some character explorations and shit and, and some storyboarding and then found out she might not be able to continue, but she can. So we'll, hopefully by the end of today, we'll have two animators on board and maybe add a couple more. So that's so uh, cool. Things are moving and this is going to be super awesome because it's, it's a, uh, it's like about six songs, but one storyline, all with animated videos, but different styles for the animated videos. And it's in the style of a Western. So it's it's really fun project that we've been already working on for uh, over a year now. Yeah, something like we, that. No, 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 no. We, we, we started in November, October, November last year. Okay. So it's, yeah. So it's not over a year yet, but yeah, I, I expect it to take off. Yeah. So, you know. It's moving forward. It's not going to be done anytime soon, but when it is, whoo, whoo, whoo. Oh, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> oh, I'm on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's good. This has been a fun episode. Fun. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thank yeah. you for suggesting this film because honestly, I don't think I would have thought about this for a soundtrack. Are you kidding me? I, it's, I just watch it and it's just like because the music is so there. It's just it's so perfectly yeah. inserted into every scene. So it's not like I wasn't like, oh, there's like there's only a couple of songs where I noticed like Dreadlock Holiday. Right. Like every time we're talking, the whole time we're having this podcast, I'm hearing like like I'm hearing that that song in my head the whole time. So I'm glad we did this. Thank yeah. you. And you're welcome back anytime. So start thinking yeah. about other films. I can do this. I would yeah. love to come back. All right, Cool. Thank you both. Thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Uh, hold on now before oh, we let find you. That's the go. Um, people, you're not, you're not, you're not on Instagram, so on Facebook. Oh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. On my website, avrilperry.com. How'd you get avrilperry.com? I couldn't get chrisaunders.com. I had to get chrisaunders.com. Who do you think is named Avril Perry? I know plenty of Avril Perry's. <laughs> I know a Theo Perry. Mm. <laughs> Darren, it's it was like, really nice to hang out with you today. Yeah, we meet you. And, uh, <laughs> I wish you luck with this one. Hey, we've, been, we've been going for quite we're like 60 episodes now. So <laughs> I'm going to turn them back. Yeah, still turning back now. Um, thanks for being on the show. Everybody, you guys can follow us on Instagram and and Facebook because we are shameless. And um, I think that wraps it up for us. I am Darren Jenkins. I'm Chris Saunders. And this was another episode of The Down. Down. Bye, y'all. Thanks a lot. Bye.